Welcome to the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. This is the Conference USA edition of the show. Uh, this week, we're going to talk a bit about the first week of Conference USA football for 2017, and then preview the games in store uh, for week two, uh, because there are some big ones. Uh, but first, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Joe Londrigan, a writer at UDD. I usually focus on Western Kentucky, but today I'm filling in for uh, Cyrus. And uh, with me, you know him already, he's been on the Conference USA podcast a couple of times, Mr. Tanner Spearman. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the week one games that we saw. Um, first off, on that Thursday game on the 31st, uh, FIU just took an absolute shellacking 61-17 to UCF. Um, I don't know about you, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more out of Butch Davis and uh, his team. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a surprise if they had won, but that was just embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, you got to put up some kind of fight here, and they just got completely destroyed. And that was kind of the theme of a lot of the games, really. I mean, UTEP with Oklahoma, Rice with Stanford, Florida Atlantic with Navy, they just were getting pummeled. And it's not, it's not really a great open to the season. No, no. I actually, on uh, week one, collectively, Conference USA was 6-6. Uh, six and six. Uh, like you said, FAU and Lane Kiffin's new team, they took a 42-19 to loss to Navy at home. Uh, Charlotte, I uh, wasn't expecting them to win that game, honestly, but they lost 24-7 to uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, UTEP took a beating at the hands of Oklahoma in Norman, 56-7. to um, Western Kentucky actually managed to uh, win against Eastern Kentucky, uh, which we expected, but they were a little bit slower than I personally thought they were going to do. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we... Uh, preview their game this week. Um, UAB, um, in their first game back after a while, took it to Alabama A&M, 38-7. Yeah, uh, kind of a slow start for them. And that was kind of the theme with all the FCS games, too, was people not winning by as much as we thought they were going to, but or as easily as we thought they were going to. But good to see UAB back and finally you know, start off with a win. That was definitely good. And I think it was a record crowd for uh, for that game, so that's Pretty sweet to see the community still behind them there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Welcome back, Blazers, indeed. Um, Southern Miss took a loss at the hands of the Kentucky Wildcats, 24-17. Uh, to 17. The uh, Southern Miss unable to pull off what they pulled off last year uh, against the Wildcats. Uh, Old Dominion uh, beat Albany 31-17. to 17. Uh, I think that was another one of those games where we expected uh, just a beatdown, and it just wasn't quite there. In West Virginia, Marshall uh, beat Miami 31-26. to um, What did you think of Marshall in that game, Tanner? That was really the talk, the biggest toss-up, I thought, of, uh, of week one. And it was really the lone good news we got was Marshall getting that win. Because, I mean, last year they played Akron and just got stomped. So to see Marshall be able to win that game, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a good sign. Uh, a little concerning because, I mean... Miami gained 429 total yards. Marshall got 267. So it's a little concerning. Outside of the score, it didn't look like a Marshall victory. But, but you know, hey, it's week one. Get the rust off. Hopefully have a better season than last year. Yeah, which, you know, the ceiling's not, uh, or expectations, rather, aren't too high. But, you know, if they, if they can pull off a win, then I'm sure they'll take it. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Moving on to one of what was my biggest uh, surprises, which was uh, North Texas. Um, I mean, I thought they would win this game against Lamar, but 59-14. to 14, I mean, the Eagles look good, or the Mean Green, rather, look good. Yeah, I mean, the one... All the FCS games we thought were going to be blowouts weren't, and the one that we didn't expect to be a blowout was. So, you know, just goes to, goes to show what we know. Exactly, exactly. It's just opposite day out there. Um, really? Your Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, 52-24 to against Northwestern States. Uh, as our resident tech expert, what would you think of that one? <laughs> the first three quarters are quarters I'd like to forget. Um, but the fourth quarter showed what we expected. That was what we expected it to be like, and it just took them three quarters to get there, which is fine. Uh, if you're going to do that, that's the team you want to do it against. But you know, you're not going to be able to spot many other teams three quarters before you start playing. So hopefully they get the rust. That was just getting the rust off. New quarterback, new receivers, and hopefully they'll be good to go and play fourth quarter way, the way they did the rest of the season. Yes. Uh, and then moving on to uh, the next game, which was uh, Middle against Vanderbilt. You know, I, I didn't think Middle would win, but, man, I really expected a bigger performance out of them and uh, uh, Jared Stockskill. But, I mean, they – you know, I'm going to be honest. Middle just did not get it done in any regard. Uh, it, with I'm just so confused by this game because last year they got Ralph Webb ran all over them. And this year they held – like you tell me before this game, you told me that they were going to hold Vanderbilt to 71 rushing yards. I would have thought they won easily. But it then they lose 28-6. to And, of course, it's hard to win when you go 0 for 12 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth down. They didn't convert a third or fourth down the whole game. This is Middle Tennessee we're talking about. They're supposed to be good offensively. What's going on? I like – yes. <laughs> I, I had similar feelings. At the beginning of the year, I really thought that Middle and Western are going to go to another, you know, double OT or single OT game again. But after watching them this year, I, I think we might have been, not to overreact, but I think we might have been wrong about uh, Middle Tennessee's offense. I mean, I picked them to win the East, so I'm feeling kind of shaky about that <laughs> right now. But Oh, yeah. Well, time will tell. Um, but, you know, hey, it's it's week one, and they always say that the biggest improvement is from week one to week two. So there's still a lot of football to be played. Teams can get it together, but there's a lot of teams that need to get it together real quick. It's very true. Um, and then, of course, the other game that week uh, was supposed to be Houston and UTSA, but that uh, got postponed due to uh, Hurricane Harvey. Um, so I, looking back on week one, we kind of talked about some of the kind of surprising results, and um, I kind of mentioned that probably mine was just North Texas absolutely – um, handing it to Lamar, but uh, for you, if you had to pick one, what was the most surprising result this weekend? Uh, I mean, the biggest surprise, would, I guess for me, would be Middle Tennessee. Like, them losing is not a surprise, but the way they lost, if that makes sense, yes. is that was the surprise. They couldn't do anything on offense. And I know they lost, you know, Octavius Mathers, but you still got a junior and now an upperclassman, Brent Stockstill. You've still got Richie James. You've still got Ty Lee. But, I mean, they put 20-some on Vanderbilt last year, and they could only put six this year. That's just, that's really disappointing. Um, the pleasant, I don't know if it's a surprise, but the pleasant thing, like I said, it was Marshall getting that win over Miami. But that was another one good news. But, but yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Though. Thought to be the best game of the week. Didn't happen. But, yeah, you know. 
And yeah, and like you said, it's week one. We'll see if middle gets better. But um, right. moving on to uh, week two, our first game, uh, Friday night, uh, Alcorn State and FIU. Um, that's going to be at 6 o'clock local time there. And it's going to be in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, after the uh, Hurricane Irma blowing through in Florida. Um, it uh, got moved. And good news, if you live in the Birmingham area, admission is actually going to be free to that game, and it will be played at uh, UAB Stadium. Uh, Legion Field, I believe. So if you're in the Birmingham area and you love uh, G5 football, go check that out. Uh, it's my two personal favorite things, college football and not spending money. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, and Legion Field is about to like be the place to be because I'm pretty sure Georgia Southern's playing there too now. Yes. Their, their game. So I don't know if there's any others besides just those two, but games are getting moved to Legion Field. Apparently that's the, that's the place to go. So, Yeah. Party in Birmingham. Um, so <laughs> kind of looking at that game, um, Alcorn State, FIU's opponent, is starting the season 1-0 and after a 29-point win over a D2 school in uh, Miles College. And then, like we talked about, FIU didn't uh, have too hot of a start against uh, UCF. But I, I have a feeling they're at least going to get back to 500 with a win here. So, I, you know, Butch Davis's team will at least have something to, you know, hang their hat on. Yeah, I mean, there's – it's still – I mean, Alcorn's not, you know, North Dakota State. It's an FCS school. You should win this game. If you don't, if they don't win it in a blowout, then that's, I mean, that's what we saw from all the other teams. So yeah, that's fine. But you at least need to win this game. It needs to not be a two-point game in the fourth quarter. You know, this you need to show that you actually are competent and able to to play some football here. Very true, very true. So moving on to the next game on the slate, and it's going to be one that I think a lot of the country is going to be paying attention to with uh, Western Kentucky and Illinois in Champaign. Uh, that's going to be on the Big Ten Network at uh, 7 p.m. local time there in Illinois. Um, the toppers are actually favorites right now, uh, seven and a half points, um, and that's pretty big for a team like Western coming from where they've been in the past decade or so to actually be favored by more than one score over a Big Ten team. I mean, yeah, I mean, I must be fair, it is Illinois. I mean, Louisiana Tech is 2-0 and all the time against them. But that being said, it's still definitely great to see, at the very least, it's a sign of, a, of respect that they can actually comprehend a G5 team beating this kind of this kind of team. Even if it is a not very good one, it's, it's still a Power 5 team, it's still a Big Ten team on the road in their stadium. So, it's at the very least, it's a sign that you know you're getting some respect in in the the national scene. Very true. And talking to uh, the Champagne Room earlier this week, which is SB Nation's Illinois site, uh, they are not very confident about this game. Illinois fans, I mean, uh, so that's that's kind of something to take. If you look at uh, the Champagne Room, uh, their Twitter bio right now, it actually yes. says, uh, "Come to come to learn about Western Kentucky. Stay for the ensuing heartbreak." Hashtag Golf School. So that really fantastic. Yes. Uh, on the Western side, though, um, after watching them play Eastern Kentucky, the thing that concerned me the most was Mike White got sacked three times, so they really need to up the pass protection there in order to get their kind of signature offense going. Um, but granted, I knew there was going to be a little bit of a learning curve with uh, four out of their five starters either assuming a starting role for the first time 
or playing a new position, which is what happened with uh, Dennis Edwards moving over from guard to center. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Hilltoppers are actually getting uh, some more weapons back this week after the suspension from the uh, frat house fight. Uh, Xavier Lane coming back. He's going to look good, I think. Uh, starting tight end Kyle Fortenberry is going to come back. Although Dion Yelter looked great, so are good anyway. So we'll see. And then they also get Quentin Baker, which is another dimension to their uh, to their running game. Yeah, I'm looking for a... It would be extremely disappointing for them not to win this game. Uh, I, w- I would think. I agree. And especially considering how blatantly overconfident I think I am anyway. <laughs> As a Hilltopper <laughs> fan, I'm, I'm going to look real dumb if uh, yeah. they lose. So, uh, Mike Sanford, don't blow this because I, <laughs> I have a very fragile ego. Um, and then uh, let's let's move on to uh, another one where I, I personally think uh, this is going to be a great game uh, in your area. Uh, I'm going to let you take it away on uh, your Bulldogs with uh, and the Mississippi State here. Yeah, we're going to have a real dog fight in our hands, aren't we? Um, oh, yeah. Get it because they're the bull. Anyway, um, yeah, the, it's a little con- – I'm a little concerned after week one more than I was before. Uh, I mean, Mississippi State, yeah, they were playing Charleston Southern. It's an FCS school. So take it with a grain of salt. But they gave up, I think, two first downs the entire game to Charleston Southern. Who I thought – I don't follow FCS that closely, but I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be one of the better FCS schools. So mm-hmm. – that is a little concerning. Uh, they beat them 49 nothing. Tech, on the other hand, gave up a bunch of yards and 24 points to a Northwestern State team that whose only win last year was a, a D2 school. Now, to be fair, this isn't a traditional rivalry on our end, so it meant that this game meant a lot to Northwestern, maybe more than they would be willing to admit, and that can have an impact. But definitely, if, if Tech plays the way they did the first three quarters – they're getting stomped. I'm just going to be honest. If they play the way they did in the fourth quarter, they could do that all game from the start. Then we have a much better game on our hands and a chance to uh, to get this SEC win. And I, I was talking to, uh, if you, you can see my Q&A with uh, for whom the cowbell tolls, mm-hmm. at least that one, the guy that I was talking to, he's pretty confident about Mississippi State, and they're not really con- too concerned about coming to Ruston. Uh they think that they'll cover easily, and I mean, when you look at the performances the last week, I can see why you would say that, mm-hmm. um, but again, you're breaking in kind of the same thing that West Kentucky is dealing with. I mean, West Kentucky at least had their quarterbacks, quarterbacks still around. Mm-hmm. You're breaking in a new quarterback, a bunch of new receivers. I mean, you had it's kind of the same thing you were talking about. You have a, a guard, an all, like an all-American guard that was playing center, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why there was some... So a lot of low snaps in that game, but it's just a matter of getting the new pieces put together, um, getting everyone kind of, kind of broken in, if you will. So it, I think Tech has a chance, as long as they can play clean, play the way they did in the fourth quarter all game, then you've got a pretty good game potentially on our hands. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, the last time Mississippi State came to Ruston, Tech won, so they'll be hoping to... Uh, to do that again, to me, the biggest thing is just stopping Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, you've got if Tech wants to win, I think they're going to have to contain him and make him throw the ball, which sounds weird with how Tech's defense was last year mm-hmm. in the past defense. But I mean, looking at Nick Fitzgerald, I think he's a bigger threat running than he is throwing. And so if Tech can contain him and keep him in the pocket, I think they have a much better chance. But 
Now, J.D. Allman, the NSU quarterback last week, was able to run pretty much at will, so that's not a good sign. But, you know, we'll see. It's week one to week two, big improvements. So we'll see what the red and blue Bulldogs can uh, can do against the maroon and white ones. Uh, real quick, as someone who follows the uh, program really closely, uh, what's, your been, what's been your impression of uh, Jamar Smith kind of stepping into an increased role as the quarterback there? So the interesting thing is he actually, I heard that he said that he was actually, because this was his second start this past week. He started the, the season opener last year mm-hmm. at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He said he was actually more nervous for this game against the NSU than he was against Arkansas. Because against Arkansas, he's just a backup filling in, not a whole lot of pressure on him. Now he's the guy, so there was more pressure on him, at least in his, his own mind. So he there was some jitters. He did fumble twice. But you know, if he could just get confident, say, I know how to play football. I can do this. Just get the jitters out, and I think he'll be fine. Uh, as long as he can hold on to the football, he's a big threat running the ball. And he can he throws a really nice deep ball. Uh, so, you know, he can open the offense up in a lot of ways. It's just a matter of being confident and just executing. If he can do that, I think he'll do, I think he'll do pretty great. And it's good to finally have a quarterback that you – no, you're going to have for a couple of years because it's been the last time Tech had the same quarterback starting two years in a row was 2011-2012 with Colby Cameron. So it's been since then. It's been a different guy every year. So to have a little bit of continuity and stability going forward is a great feeling. That game going on at uh, 6.30 p.m. local time uh, there in Ruston, Mississippi State, favored by 8.5. Uh, moving down the line, let's look at some of the other uh, Conference USA versus P5 matchups. Uh, we got UTSA, Baylor, Marshall versus NC State, uh, MTSU heading up to uh, Syracuse, and then uh, Charlotte taking on Kansas State, and then FIU uh, escaping the scary weather, heading up to uh, Madison, Wisconsin to take on the Badgers. Now, of those games, uh, who do you think is the most likely, which Conference USA team, I should say, is most likely to win against this P5 opponent? To me, and it's dangerous to say this because we haven't actually seen them play yet, but I think it's got to be UTSA for the simple fact that we have seen Baylor play. And they lost the Liberty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you still want to see how UTSA is going to do. But on the bright side, because they haven't played against Houston, although that means they didn't get the jitters out, that also means that they have Baylor has zero film to use. And UTSA does have film of a team beating Baylor, so you know how to stop them. So, to me, that's probably the biggest chance. Uh, the next one would probably be Middle Tennessee against Syracuse. But after what we saw, saw against Vanderbilt, that's kind of in doubt. The others, I don't really have much confidence at all in any of the other matchups. But So I think UTSA beating Baylor is probably the most likely out of those games. I'm actually going to have to agree with you. I uh, Watching that, uh, that Liberty-Baylor game, I mean, Baylor scored a lot, but... I mean, Liberty's quarterback, for one, was on fire, and they didn't really have an answer for him. Um, I also think... Uh, that UTSA can win because of their defense. They have a great defense that they should last year. Uh, Josiah Dalfea is so fun to watch at linebacker. Uh, and like you were kind of talking about, hopefully the extra bye week uh, because of Harvey didn't uh, didn't hurt him too bad. And then we also, in their offensive backfield with uh, Dalton Sturm, and they have a lot of experience in their running backs. I think that's going to help them immensely uh, against that Baylor team. Um I was kind of teetering between that uh, with Marshall and NC State, uh, mostly because, uh, I don't know, Marshall kind of surprised me with how good they looked against Miami, like we were talking about, and then uh, NC State. Um, I know they 
kind of had uh, a little bit of an up-and-down game against uh, South Carolina, who I think is kind of going to be one of the uh, dark horse teams this year. But we'll see. Um, I, I think Syracuse is going to handle NTSU. I think the same thing about uh, Kansas State and Charlotte. Um, man, I, I don't know what's going on with FAU. I really thought they were going to have a better day than they did last week. Um, but I, I think Wisconsin takes care of business there as well. Yeah, yeah, Wisconsin especially because they were already given a was it Wisconsin? Yeah, I think it was, was it was I think it was Wisconsin that uh, was playing Utah State last week and was down ten nothing, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh wow, Utah State might actually win, and then Wisconsin won like fifty nine to ten. So they've got that scare out, so they're not going to overlook anybody, I don't think. Uh, so that's probably going to be the worst blowout of the week. Uh, Kansas State, Bill Snyder's the wizard. He's He's not going to lose to Charlotte. Uh, Marshall, it's something against Marshall. I thought NC State was going to beat South Carolina, to be honest. I was a little surprised they lost. Uh, I thought NC State was going to be better. But, it, you know, we'll, we'll see what can happen. Um, yeah. If Marshall wins that game or even keeps it close, that will definitely be an eyebrow raiser to say, hey, maybe Marshall's kind of back. We will, we will see. Um, going through some of the other uh, smaller – Non-conference games. Uh, we got UAB heading up to Muncie to face Ball State. Ball State kind of hung in there with Illinois last week, but I, I think U, UAB is going to kind of take care of business in there, despite being uh, Ball State favored uh, by two touchdowns. I, I think UAB wins this game. I think uh, the Cardinals need to be on upset alert a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't really know what to think about Ball State, because on the one hand, they kept it close for the P5 team, but on the other hand, they didn't beat Illinois. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just not really sure how to think of them uh, with that in mind. So it, it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, UAB winning wouldn't—I really it wouldn't surprise me either way uh, with that one. I know Ball State's favorite by like 12 or whatever, but uh, I think that UAB winning that game would definitely be a great confidence booster going forward, uh, going into their game against Coastal next week. Um, but if they can at least keep it close, I think that's at least a decent sign that they'll be okay. Yes, and then the other game, uh, by the way, that UAB Ball State game going on at uh, 2 p.m. local time. You can catch that on ESPN3. Uh, And then at 3.30 East Coast time, Old Dominion taking on the Minutemen of UMass in Amherst. Uh, Old Dominion favored by three and a half, but I think the Monarchs... Yes, I agree. I think the Monarchs are going to take care of business. UMass is not a very good ball club. Uh, I, I think Old, Old Dominion, while they looked a little bit slow against uh, Albany last week, I, I think they're going to you know, fire up the engine there and, and win by at least two scores against UMass. Yeah, UMass just, I feel for them, but I just don't, they just don't really have anything in the tank. I cannot be- understand that line at all, how it's that close. Um, maybe Vegas knows something I don't, but it just seems pretty ridiculous. I think put all... Put all your money on Old Dominion right now is what I'm saying. Yes, if you are if you are in the Vegas area, go ahead and uh, you know spend a little bit of money on that one because I think you're pretty safe. Um, moving on to a good old Conference USA American Conference uh, matchup in Dallas at uh, 6 p.m. local time, also on ESPN3. The Mean Green of North Texas taking on SMU. Uh, I I don't really know what to make of this game. I haven't. Uh, studied up too much on SMU, but uh, North Texas looked uh, like we were talking about pretty good against Lamar in that in that opening week game. Yeah, it's it's kind of 
I never know what to make of this game because I always think UGT is going to be better, but then SMU always is better too. So I mean, I think Chad Morris is doing a pretty good job in Dallas with SMU, getting them moving in the right direction. Um, and it's that's the, that's my biggest concern with with Texas is that I think they'll be better this year. I just think that everyone they're playing will also be better this year. So you know, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, it is at SMU, not that that's a significant thing. They're crosstown rivals. It's like USC and UCLA, so... True. Um, looking at it, uh, SMU basically had the same game that North Texas did. North Texas beat Lamar 59-14. SMU beat Stephen F. Austin 58-14, so... Not really anything you can take from that, I guess, but... We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I definitely think SMU's the, the easy favorite, but... Hey, if North Texas can win, can finally get a win. It's been a few years. They can finally get a win in this rivalry game. I think that's a a good sign going forward, and I think that'll be a pretty good indication that North Texas will probably be back in a bowl again this year. I think so too. Um, so that one, actually, SMU favored uh, thirteen and a half on that one, uh, for what it's worth. Um, and then at uh, six p.m. in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, Southern Miss taking on the Southern Jaguars. Uh, I think Southern Miss has a relatively easy time bouncing back from the loss against Kentucky and uh, getting back to five hundred against an FCS team. Here, any objections to that? Um, yeah. So with exp- having experienced a home game against Southern, um, we prepared for a ton of Southern fans that will leave as soon as their band performs at halftime. Um, that's why they're there, basically. Um, they're really, they have a really, really good, one of the best HBCU bands. Um, Southern Miss will win by, like, 40, 50 points. The no human kidding. jukebox. But <laughs> yeah, so... Um, football, stay for the tunes, is what I'm hearing. Pretty much. And then stay for more football if you're a true fan, but... <laughs> Fair enough. I was kind of, I'm kind of concerned, though, because Southern Miss has always been one of the better attendants teams in Conference USA, and they didn't have that great of attendance uh, last year against an SEC, t- last week against an SEC team. So I am kind of concerned about what's going on uh, in that category, but, you know, attendance is, as you know, as a WKU fan, attendance does not win football games. So, true. Very true. Um, but hey, Southern, Southern will travel really well, um, so you'll see plenty of their fans there, so it should, it should at least be, the numbers should at least be pretty, pretty decent. Correct. Um, one note about that game I wanted to add. I am really excited about USM's wideout, Corey Robertson, this year. I mean, if you watched him a little bit in the Kentucky game, he had seven catches for 111 yards and two TDs. I mean, if, if they keep going to this guy like they have been, he is going to really be something to watch in Conference USA. Um, and then that brings us to the only game where two Conference USA opponents are playing each other, and uh, that's Rice and UTEP uh, at seven in El Paso. At the Sun Bowl, UTEP favored by one and a half. Uh, I I don't really know what to make of this game, to be honest with you. It's it's the first conference game of the season with uh, both these squads out of uh, Conference USA West, but uh, both of them are coming off of beatdowns at the hands of right. high tier uh, P5 teams. Um, it's it's just kind of a basement dweller of the conference right now. I I'm not sure what we're gonna see here. Yeah, and that's actually interesting that it's UTEP one and a half because earlier I'm pretty sure it opened with Rice as a favorite. So, but that just shows you it's no one really knows. It's pretty close. Uh, it's the it's the hot seat bowl um, between two coaches that are definitely feeling the pressure. M- me before the season, I 
picked Rife just because I trust David Bale a little more than I trust Sean Coogler. Um, it is in El Paso, though, and that's a hard place to play, so UTEP could get the win. Um, but I think, really, this is I, – I would not want to be the coach that loses this game, I'll put it that way. Very true. Uh, to kind of put it in perspective, what both these teams look like, uh, Rice passing last week, 95 yards, and then on the ground, 146 yards. UTEP against Oklahoma – uh, 94 yards through the air, and then 73 yards on the ground. So we this is going to be interesting, um, probably for a lot of the uh, wrong reasons, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So. Rice does have the added advantage of not playing last week because they played two weeks ago. So that maybe gives them a little more time to repair, assuming they aren't distracted by all the stuff going down in Houston uh, with the hurricane. So... Well, we'll see how if the, if that has any effect on it, but yeah, it's definitely going to be. A, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, but if it is a blowout, that the team that loses, I feel bad for you. Yes, I I, I can't imagine this game being a blowout like you're saying. But if it is, then we'll, we'll truly know who the uh, who the basement dweller of the conference is. Unfortunately, um, but just to kind of add to what you were talking about, I I really can't really imagine where what Rice's headspace is like right now. You go all the way to Australia, you get absolutely dismantled by Stanford. You come back, the hurricane happens, and... You can't even go home for several days because you have to hide out in Fort Worth with TCU. Exactly, and I I don't believe they they did not play uh, last weekend, so they've basically had two weeks off. It's, you know, that which you never really want. That's, you know, good luck to them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we'll start wrapping things up. Uh, I do kind of want to add here, if you are listening in the path of Hurricane Irma, be safe. Uh, I know we have a couple people involved in the site who are kind of in that area. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it's looking like it might be worse than Harvey. So don't – you saw what happened there. Get out while yeah. you can. Yeah, don't don't be brave. This is what, you know, insurance is for. Uh, be safe. We're thinking about you. Um, so that about covers it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you are following at Underdog Dynasty on Twitter. Uh, you can like us on Facebook as well. Also follow myself and Tanner on Twitter. He is at Tanner Spearman, and I am at Johio, J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Uh, and then leave us a review on iTunes as well if you found us there. Uh, Tanner, this was really fun. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it. All right, awesome. Have a good day, guys.